Ron and Anian. Auto repair is a game of numbers and inches and seconds and details. The Car Doctor. As that car ages, you know, it's just a matter of watching it age, and and the money you spend is an extra oil change a year, so you don't go to Starbucks three times in a month, and you're you're even. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, The Car Doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines, or maybe your sleighs, although it's a little bit early. It is five months till Christmas. I just want to point that out. Ron and Annie, the car doctor, here at 855-560-9900. Mr. Ray is up to his usual tricks and you endeavors. You were complaining last week about the hot music, so I told you this week it's going to be Christmas in July. And it's going to really be cool. It's going to really be hot here in the Northeast this week. They're predicting Monday it's going to go to like 102 or something crazy. So what you're saying is we need a little Christmas right this very minute. We need a little Christmas right this very minute, and we'll have a big pile of slush. Uh, because it's going to be hot this week. And, you know, if if you've made it this far in the summer uh, with your vehicle then and you haven't had it serviced in a while, maybe now's the time because you don't want to push the envelope. Maybe now's a good time to get things checked out under the hood. We had a, um, a uh, was a 2010 Ford Fusion regular serviced, regular car, and, uh, um, you know, just an older battery this week. She left it sitting for two weeks. She was carpooling. And Debbie let the car sit through the brutal heat here in the Northeast in the last two weeks. And it was, oh, I don't know, they said the one day it went up with the humidity, it was over 100 degrees. I forget, it was a couple of days of 100 degree plus high humidity. And Thursday, I got a phone call. The car wouldn't start. She wanted to use it um, for the first time in two weeks, and the car wouldn't start. And she jump-started it and brought it down. And lo and behold, it had a bad battery. The battery was three and a half years old, and um, it had just seen the ghost. And it failed as one cell. One cell went bad. It was putting out, reporting 10.2 volts on a, you know, obviously a 12 and a half volt battery. And typically when I see that, that's a heat failure. That's, and she said, yeah, it got quite hot in the car. The, the rear view mirror is now loose on the base because the glue is coming undone from the uh, windshield, which we also see that. And it, you know, it just—it's—it's amazing what can happen to a car even when it's not running, right? The um, the underhood temperatures, the the in cabin temperature. You know, if you look at a lot of my vehicles, they have the little wind deflectors on the side, and uh, you know, a lot of people think that's if you're smoking and you want to smoke in the car and get the smoke out without rain coming in if it's raining. I don't smoke. Nobody in my family smokes, fortunately, but. The I use those wind deflectors in a little bit of a different way. When I park my vehicle during the day and it's hot, I'll crack all the windows, oh, just maybe a quarter of an inch, and it keeps nice cross-flow ventilation. At least it helps hold down the heat inside the interior. And the beauty there is that we're not drying out. It's not it's not baking. We're not baking the interior. We're not losing rearview mirrors. We're not you know we're not dulling down. The, the color of the interior, the plastics as they fade from the heat, you know, it's not, it's not a constant baking type of an issue that you'll typically see 
you know, so many things go through. So, um, you know, just, just some food for thought. Um, just, just something to be aware of. So anyway, this is, you know, I forgot to do the intro. We were so busy. Tom, Tom got me off track there. This is the car doctor in case you're wondering. I hope that was interesting to you. Um, Ron and Annie and at your service at 855-560-9900. Answering calls and taking your problems and one at a time we'll sort them out and come to some sort of a conclusion and help you get through it because that's what the car doctor does and has done for the past 27, well, I guess going on 28 years now. Um, we've been here forever, it seems, and uh, only been fixing cars. I've only been fixing cars 44 years, so I'm not really sure if this is, you know, I'm kind of looking for the next thing to do, uh, you, you know, because I'm not quite sure how good I am at fixing cars. It's just sort of, eh, you know, um, because it's good. You know, it's, it's, I, I've come to the conclusion I must be pretty good at what I do because I have critics. And they say you really haven't arrived till people start throwing stones at you. Uh, Uncle Steve told me that story once. I'll, I'll never forget it. It was, uh, it's, it's got to be well over 20 years ago. I had just started writing for one of the trade magazines, and the radio show was moving along. And he said, he said now, he said, you're going to get the critics. He says, you're going to get the people that support you. You're going to get the people that love you. And you're going to get the critics. And when you get the critics, kiddo, you're at the top of your game because that's when you're really ruffling everybody's feathers. I never forgot that. Oh, Uncle Steve was a heck of a guy. Uh, may he rest in peace. You know, there's a bunch of things I want to tell you this Opening segue, but we do have a call. Let's get the phone started because they're starting to back up. Let's go over to Diana, Sebring, Florida, 97 Plymouth Voyager, and uh, see what's going on here. Diana, welcome to the car doctor. How can I help? Uh, hello. Yes, ma'am. How um, can I help? I'm calling about uh, yesterday. There was a um, like a small puddle of a clear, uh, sticky fluid doesn't have an odor to it uh, on the ground, sort of for the center in the back of the engine on the van. Uh, I have no idea what it is. Okay. Are you sure it's from the van? Yeah. You yeah, are? Yeah, because I moved it and parked it over in it. Yeah. You, moved, you, you, you parked it in a different spot and the same puddle came over to the other part. Yes. The puddle kind of follows you around. Yes, and it just started yesterday. I took a, about a 100-mile trip and uh, got back, and um, I noticed it uh, the next morning, and then I moved it, and then it was there again this morning. And uh, I've checked all the fluids. Um, I have no idea what it is. The only thing I can think of is brake fluid. That's clear, isn't it? Well, brake fluid is clearish yellow, but you just said you checked it. Was the brake fluid full? Yes. It's, yeah, everything. Brake fluid's actually, full. Everything's brake full. fluid's full. Trans fluid's full. Antifreeze is full. Coolant in the bottle, both in the coolant in the bottle and in the radiator, they're both full. Yes. And, engi um, and engine oil right. is good? Engine oil, that's good. And... Mm. Uh, were, you, steering. were you using the air? Uh, were you using the air conditioning, Diana? Uh, I wasn't using it the day I took the ride. Um, uh, no, I wasn't. I wasn't using it. Um, well, a few minutes yesterday, a few minutes. Today, well, but but I, you know, the question becomes: Were you using it enough to generate any water out of the air conditioning? Listen. If the car's leaking something and all the fluid levels are good, it's not rocket science. It's got to get up in the air and you got to look at it from underneath and see, you know, see where the leak is. 
uh, you know, is is it coming from underneath? This could be coolant, and it just hasn't affected the level in the bottle or the radiator yet. But it's clearly a sign that something is physically leaking. It means that it needs to go into a mechanic and have him look at it. The vehicle's 21 years old, going on 22. I'm sure it's got a fair amount of miles. And you want to be safe because, uh, you know, this this is no time of the year to be caught short out on the road, stuck on the side of it. So uh, by all means, get into your mechanic, Diana. That would be my suggestion. And let him get a look at it and just explain to him what you explained to me. But from my seat here, I don't want to speculate on the woulda, coulda, shoulda and possibly put you in a, in a bad position. I'm more concerned for your safety and the vehicle's well-being as well. So let's uh, let's get a mechanic to look at it and see what the heck is going on. Uh, by the way, if you're um, new to the car, Doctor, we want to thank you for stopping by. And um, uh, let's uh, just welcome also, you know, we've got a new affiliate this week. We're just growing in leaps and bounds. Another member of the Car Doctor family, AM 1230 KBAR, Cash's talk station. And uh, we welcome them, uh, AM 1230 KBAR. They're going to be carrying the show Sunday mornings, 10 to noon, and we're glad to be here for you. And, um, you know, by all means, give us a call, 855-560-9900 when you can. That is the Car Doctor's 24-7 phone number. You can call and leave a message, and executive producer Tom Ray will put you in the next queue, put you in the next live broadcast. We are live Saturday afternoons, 2 to 4 p.m., and I want to tell everyone out there at AM 1230 KBAR that uh, you can call in Saturday afternoons, 2 to 4 p.m., talk to us live. We're here to solve your car problem, as well as everybody else. Uh, if you're a podcaster, if you're just listening in an affiliate like uh, AM 1230 KBAR that uh, doesn't take the show during uh, live hours, you're taking it at a delayed time, which we appreciate regardless of when you're carrying it. For all our affiliates, you can uh, call in to Saturdays 2 to 4, 855-560-9900, and uh, talk to us live, and we'll solve your car problem. By the way, um, Mikey, um, I understand we've got a giveaway this week. Is that true? We do. Yeah. Is, is Tom going to stop playing with it? Uh, the 39 Ford from the folks over at Wix Filter are giving away another die cast. I hope he stops playing with it so then I can play with it before we give it away. You know, I'm going to have to have them start sending those things direct to me. Who put Tom in, who put Tom in charge of the prize closet? Um, but that's right, folks. This week we're giving away a 39 Ford courtesy of the folks at Wix, wixfilters.com. And uh, it's a classic car. It's a classic hot rod. It's got all the right period correct paint and decals and uh, just what you would expect from a 39 Ford hot rod designating Henry Ford's venture into the V8 world. So... Uh, we're going to be giving that away either this hour or next, and I suspect it's next. But a uh, decision of the judges, Tom and Mikey, is final, as we like to say around here. So uh, you can call up and be nice and see if you can get on Tom's good side, which if you can find Tom's good side, I'll give you a Colombo hat. 855-560-9900, Ron and Andy, the car doctor. We are back right after this. on the wall so you don't forget to call for car advice done right 855-560-9900 now back to Ron hey let's get over and talk to Maureen in New York 2003 Pontiac Grand Am yes, hello? hello Maureen how are you yes ma'am Ron and Annie at your okay. service yes yeah, because I'm on the outside but okay. if you can hear me okay sort of okay um, thanks for returning my call oh you're very I've welcome in the past. you're welcome okay um, now I have this. This uh, goes. I have this like with the car, but I had I've had it only on infrequent occasions. Every once in a while, it happens, and mainly I guess when I'm in a like when it's dark. I don't know, but when I shift gears, like to drive or reverse, well, the gears work, 
But for some reason, the green light goes on in the back instead of the light going on where it says dry or reverse. It goes on in the back where it says one, two, three. So you're saying it doesn't light up on the dashboard in the correct indicator position? Sometimes. Most of the time it does. Okay, and then what do you do to correct it? Oh, nothing. Um, I just, I, if, if it's dark, I turn on the, um, I turn the lights on so I can see, and I see that it's in the correct gear, and then I take off. <laughs> so what you're saying is the shift indicator, is this a column shift or a floor shift, Marilyn? Maureen? Oh, a what shift? I'm sorry? Is it is it a floor shifter or a column shifter? This is a floor shifter, I bet. I, I don't. I don't, it's, it's an automatic shift. Right, but is the shifter between the seats or is it on the steering column? Uh, the shift is between the seats. Right, it's a, it's a floor shift. Right. Yeah, okay. And, and, and what you're describing, I think what you're describing to me is that the light bulbs on the shifter don't necessarily indicate correct position. <laughs> Yeah, but they still the gears still work. I mean, I have to right. look and see that it's been dry. Right. So what you're what you're saying is because you're talking about colors and lights and understand I'm not there, right? So I'm just trying to understand what it is we're working on. So sometimes you go to shift it into gear. Is it lit up in park? Oh, uh, oh, in park. I never really know. Well, when I put it in park this one time. I don't remember the light going out in this in one two three. Right. Well, first of all, so let's do this, okay? Before we start to speculate on the how and the why, because the fact that it's intermittent makes it much more difficult, and this could this could be the beginnings of a failure of the park neutral switch. But the fact is that the car still starts in park. It starts in neutral. I'm going to assume. And we'd have to look at where the shift indicator comes from. This could also just be a problem with the bulb under that particular detent. Well, I think it is because I never had any serious issues with this car. Right. Uh, so, do you think that's serious? No, here's, well, here's, here's the ultimate question. How deep into this do you want to get? Because, you know, somebody's going to end up, we're, we're going to start with trying to duplicate it. That's difficult. The next time it happens, okay? The next time it happens, can you, you know, stop the car, shift it out of gear, and push it into park with a little bit of force? Don't, you know, not like you're trying to, you know, hit a baseball, but just a little bit of force on the shifter, enough to kind of jostle the shift assembly itself. And if the bulb has a loose connection or a weak filament, you might get the bulb to turn back on. And if you do... It's a pretty good indication that the problem is in the console, whatever it is, and that's the direction somebody would have to take to take that apart. you got to figure, the bulbs are 15, 16 years old like the rest of the car, right? So, yeah. you know, this is like a light bulb in your living room that doesn't turn on every once in a while. is that a serious problem? I don't think it's a safety issue. I don't, I don't see it as a safety issue as long as you're aware of it. You're oh, I am. You're, you're, you're telling me all the right things, sweetheart. You're telling me that you put it into gear, you feel it go into drive, you turn on the light, you're doing the right thing, you can physically see that it's in drive. All yeah. Right? Uh -huh. how, how long has it been doing it? It's only done it since I had the car maybe three times. Right. And it seems to happen when I'm in a darkened area. Right. Three times in 15 years? 
Well, I only had the car. It's second hand. Okay. I only had the car for five years. Okay, so it's three times in five years. About three times. Okay. Maybe. So I, I don't. I, I, I think it's. I think you're okay. I really do. I think. And and my bigger concern would be to take something like this apart on a car of this age, and worrying about other plastic items, connectors, pieces, trim, cowl, and so on that are going to break, snap, fall apart, and never go back together. You know what? It, to me, this is really if it ain't broke, don't fix it because it works. And it, you know what? It's you're, you're smart enough to know where you are by shift. Uh, you know, you're, you're feeling it go from neutral to drive. You feel the trans engage. You tell me that you turn the light on. I think you're good where it is. I'd leave it alone unless it really bothers you. Uh, you know, it could be diagnosed, but they'd have to catch it in the act. And probably one of the first things I would tell somebody to do is go through the connectors at the bulb socket, go through the ground side, and probably put some bulbs in there just to see is this a bulb issue because I have seen bulbs be intermittent. Um, I've also seen faults with the sockets. You know, things start to lose tension, and their ability to connect is a good way to put it over the years, and this is a 2003 and the 2020 model year cars are coming out, so this car is kind of creeping up on 17 years old. Um, so just uh, let's take it from there, but yes, ma'am. No, ma'am, I don't think it's a serious issue. Yes, ma'am, I think you're okay. All right, and uh, if it continues and gets to be more frequent, then yes, then I would say let's get a uh, let's get a mechanic to take a look at it and, uh, um, you know, kind of deal with it in that sense of the word. Thank you for the call, Maureen. I appreciate it. Um, good questions today. You know, it's uh, it's important to be safe, right? It's and it's important to be tuned into the car. We had uh, we had more than a few people in the shop this week, first timers, that um, made me think to myself that they're not in tune, they're not aware of the car, they're they're looking at it um, with the same compassion that somebody might look at a comb or a brush. It's just an item, and uh, cars are just so much more than that. Cars are just really. They do so much for us, and they're there to help take care of us. And uh, you got to be aware of what they're going through, so they can uh, they can do their job. So it's very important. Good job, Maureen. Good call. I'm Ron Anney in the Car Doctor. We are back right after this. The Car Doctor here. By the way, check out the Car Doctor page, uh, the Car Doctor's Facebook page, Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor. Let's go over to Alan in Maine, 69, 69 Chevy Camaro. Hey, Alan, welcome to the Car Doctor, dude. What's going on? Uh, Holly Carburetor question. Okay. You'll have to go back into the archives, I think. Um, okay, I'm there. Yeah, uh, yeah 69 Camaro, 327. I got a Holly 650 3D uh, HP on it. Okay. Uh, it's pretty highly modified. Got an aggressive cam, Edelbrock RPM air gap intake, headers ported, 202 heads, roller rockers. Right. And where I live in Maine, I only use this in the summer, and I might put 500 miles or so on the car. Okay. Well, it's been on the car for nine years now, and I've uh, I've always stored it with Avgas, you know, aviation fuel in it. Right. Well, the past couple of years, I haven't done that, and I changed the plugs in it here a while ago, and it starts starts right up like it hasn't started in years and it runs good it idles good uh it goes up through the gears great like i say it, it accelerates like a scalded dog but at a cruise or a very light load 
um, I've got like a surge or a slight hitching, and it doesn't seem to be RPM or speed related. It's just when there's no load and it's just at a light cruise, I have this little bit of surging and hitching. So I was wondering, um, are the Holly carburetors prone to this ethanol fuel and junking them up? Um, and with the Berrymans, I've got a can sitting right in front of me that I haven't put it in yet. It's the B12 chem tool. So it cleans the entire fuel system, gas tank, intake valves, pump carburetors. I was wondering, is that something I should try before I dig into my carburetor? And no, I um, think I mean Berryman is a great product. I'm 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 never going to tell you otherwise. It's just it's just a question of well, that's why I bought it. Yeah, I mean, and and I just think what you're dealing with here is probably nine years of ethanol fuel or the last three years of ethanol fuel, and it's just time to go through the carb. The one thing I would tell you yeah. to do before you do go through the carb is so for knowledge sake run the car start the car warm it up bring it up to temperature and let it sit there and idle put a um do you have a vacuum gauge on it as one of your gauge clusters or you know i've got a handheld okay just 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 record manifold vacuum all right what's manifold yeah, what's, what's manifold I, vacuum at idle oh you know i don't know but i bet it's uh no more than 12 okay and here's why all right here's why uh, do you remember now, this is a Holly 650, and there's so many variations when people say Holly 650. Is it yeah. a double pump, vacuum yeah, secondary, the, mechanical yep, secondary? Double, this is a du double, yep, double, double pump. pump uh, mechanical secondaries. Me mechanical no secondaries. Joke. Stick car. So this is a stick car. Yeah, five-speed Tremec. Okay. So, you know, what you want to know is manifold vacuum. When you open this up, do you have power valves on the primary and the secondary side, or just yes. you do? Yes. So what yeah. at what at what vacuum level is the power valve rated for? Uh, six point five. Okay, so you should be well away from that. All right. However, um, if, uh, yeah, I'm I'm not sure under acceleration what I'm. Well, like I say, I've, I've checked it years ago, but I'm not sure what it is. It, it doesn't have much vacuum at all. Okay. The the concern is just that if you were right on the fuzzy edge of where that power valve opened vacuum-wise, and you're not, you're six points right. away. Then I get concerned yeah. on, an, on an older carb, is the diaphragm starting to get weak from the ethanol fuel? Is it starting to get beat up? And now do I have a case that it's starting to open earlier, it's affecting its opening rate, and just what exactly is going on? So, But from a knowledge viewpoint, you know your numbers. You're fine. Uh, I would say you're at the you're at the stage of the game where yeah, it's time to you know you want to just go through basics, look for vacuum leaks, so on, play with the carb a little, maybe some mixture adjustments. But something's yep, changing, and uh, something's changing, and I think you got to start. I think you've got to start with going through the carb just to make sure that it's correct. Yeah. So some uh, carburetor cleaner and a little bit of air, and I've already got new. Uh, meter and block gaskets and yep. stuff so when i take it apart i was hoping i didn't have to get a you know a whole rebuild kit because um i do lawn mowers uh you know rototillers uh, snow blowers because of the fuel every year i have to take those off and clean mm -hmm. them out but uh, as far as hollies go um you know i've just never dug into them nah, hollies easy um, if, you can do, I, I have, if you if you can listen to me alan if you can do a lawnmower engine if you can do a lawnmower yeah. engine, you know, you or a, or a rototiller or whatever, they're harder. They have they have more little pieces in it than a holly. 
If you can do that and have basic yeah. common sense for that, you can do a holly. The one thing that's going to be a pain in the neck for you is the metering block gaskets on the holly are likely to stick to the body or the plate. And it depends on what gaskets they put into it when they built the carb. They do make a non-stick version metering block gasket. So after you, yeah, if, I have a bit, bit yeah, blue. yeah, after you go through the yeah. pain of scraping off the old brown ones, you'll understand why. Just get yourself a set of the non-stick, so you don't have to go through this seven times. Uh, yeah, you know it's. Um, so do you think I should go with a lower? Uh, Power valve? No, 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 not at all. I'm, no, not at all. I would, no. I would, I would, I would, I would definitely replace the power valve. I would get a rebuild kit. Yeah. Listen, you're opening up the yeah. carb. I would get a rebuild kit. I'd look, yeah. at, I'd look at the float, the needle, the seat, go through all the O-rings, anything that touched fuel the past nine years, and yeah. you know, just, just, just go through it and just clean it up and and take your time. I would also, you know, I'm a little bit of a fuss pot when I take the mixture screws out. If the mixture screws yeah. are tapered and, and they're looking a little gnarled up, I've been known to get a piece of real fine sandpaper, uh, scotch tape the sandpaper or the emery paper to a piece of glass and just very gently yeah. polish them. And, uh, you know, just, just because sometimes guys will, I'm not saying you did, but sometimes guys will jam the mixture screw into the point that it actually makes a yeah. dent in the in the, in the no, I, valve. And, I, I, you know, I, I, I've fiddled around with them a few times, right. and uh, right. it, it, you know, they all, as soon as I start running them in, it starts bringing the idle down. I, right. You know, I, I took them all the way in by hand, very lightly seat them, then back them out to like one and a half, start with there and my idle right. speed, and, you know, try to, but I haven't done it with the vacuum gauge. You know, so as far as trying to get the best idle with my vacuum and yeah, the best, idle mixture screws. Best idle, but, highest vacuum, sure. And, you know, all that stuff counts. What kind of distributor are you running with this car? Uh, it's a, uh, oh, what, it's a, it's an, it's an electronic breakerless. MSD? Um, no, it is a XL, Mal Street XL. Billet. Okay. So, it, yeah, it, Excel Street Billet module and everything is built inside. Yes, the okay. only thing I have for the external is I've got an Excel, one of the big super coils. Yeah, okay. And you probably don't need that. Trust me, probably just a, a conventional coil. But they 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 look neat. I get it. What you could do is after well, the car, it's not the big yellow one. Okay, it's not the big yellow one. Okay, yeah, the big yellow one. yeah, it's you know all the all the standard round twelve volt coils work just great. I don't know why everybody goes to the other ones. I guess. I guess Summit needs to sell some coils and keep everybody happy, right? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it's yeah. it's the old it's saying. <laughs> the old saying goes, and I think you're. I think we're in the same age group, Alan. Mild goes wild, and we said that 30 years ago, 40 years ago. So sometimes the simplest yeah. stuff works the best. All right, well, sir. It's, it's a fun car. It's got a 456 rear end in it, and the Tremec five-speed. So. So it's got some get up and but go. I'm I, I'm 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 going to call you again some other day with another question. I'm I'm running a crankcase evacuation system on it now because of just regular breathers. Right. You know, I eventually get oil all over the engine bay with mist. It was the guy built the motor for drag racing, I believe, from what I was told. So right. I've never had it apart. Okay. But, so uh, whenever whenever you're ready, I, I was talking to. Yeah. yeah. All right then. All right. I appreciate you taking your time and listening to my issues. That's what I do, Alan, and I'm glad to be here for you and everybody else. You take good care and have a good rest of the afternoon. I'm Ron Annie, The Car Doctor. We are back right after this.
Welcome back. We're on the end of the Car Doctor. Let's get over to Steve in Morristown, New Jersey, 03 Dodge pick em up truck. Steve, welcome to the Car Doctor. Yeah, hi, Ron. Yes, sir. I have a little hard time hearing, but uh, we'll give it a shot. Sure. Uh, yeah, Ron, I've been call you for a long time. <laughs> well, here we are. I this, yeah, I have uh, my uh, 2003 Dodge uh, 1500 full drive, 5.9 the gas. Okay. And uh, three things. Uh, airbag is on. It's been recalled. So, you know, it, it stayed on. Check engine light. Uh, and brought it to a bunch of mechanics. They changed thermostats. Still have it. And uh, no cruise control. Okay. And uh, what? Uh, I'm not the mechanic that a lot of your guys are, but uh, replaced the brake light switch. And uh, found out that there's power to the uh, cruise control. But what happens, you push the button, goes on for a second, and then goes right off. Okay. And okay. Here's, here's, here's what we want to do, first of all. And it's a little, it's a little hard, you know, and, and, and under, understand me. Everybody calls up and says, hey, my, my airbag light's on, but it's under, it's under recall. Everybody's got an airbag recall. I think everybody's going to have an airbag recall probably for the next five years. But y y you still want to know what fault code is there. So if, if we were standing in the shop diagnosing it, the first thing we're going to do is I'm going to tell you to go ahead and, and run a full codes on all, all modules, all systems. What do we got? All right. Is, is the airbag fault, and the reason I say this is because the airbag fault, Steve, is possibly related to the cruise fault, is possibly related to the check engine light. All right. Really? So, yeah, there's a possibility, depending upon what fault this is. So you, you, uh -huh. so, you, you sort of need to know. Um, the, an airbag fault can surely keep the cruise from working or being erratic simply because, here, let's say the, let's say the airbag fault is a clock spring. Do you know what the clock spring is, Stevie? No. no so, so you sit behind the wheel. You turn the steering wheel, right? Yeah. Did you ever wonder how the horn stays, you know, works in any position? Because okay. there's a contact ring under the steering wheel with a copper brush. You ever play with slot cars as a kid? Uh, no. Really. Well, well, or electric motors with 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 copper brushes and contacts yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Well, so they've got a they've got a copper brush on a contact ring that as you turn the steering wheel, it's 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 making contact. Well, that's that's the horn contact. They've also got one there for the airbag. They've also got one there so that if they have to deploy the airbag or activate the airbag. They can do so any steering wheel in any position. Think about it. In an accident, they don't necessarily know that the wheel is going to be straight ahead. They've got to be able to read it in all positions. So, for example, and that that piece of the clock or the piece of the airbag that we call that we call that the clock spring. It's like the hands of a clock, any position. You know, you know, twelve, one, two, three, so on. So the issue here becomes. If the clock spring were bad, and I'm theorizing here, if the clock spring were bad, the airbag light's going to come on, and the cruise control yeah. won't work. Really? Well, yeah, because do you have? Let me ask you this: Where's your cruise control switch? Is it on the steering column? Yes. Is it? Yes, is it? Is it on the? Is it on your horn pad area? Uh, well, it's it's very close to it, right? Yeah. Right, it's it's not on the stalk. It's 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 you have you have buttons on the steering wheel to set cruise, don't you? Yes. Right. Yes. Uh, um, and the the horn is. Uh, uh, I don't think it's the whole thing, but there's a couple of buttons you can push. Right, the horn. but but my point is my point is that the cruise control 
sounds like on this vehicle, like a lot of them, the cruise control imp- inputs go through the airbag clock spring. If, if, if as a guess, and until we scan it, we don't know, if the clock spring were bad, guess what? Cruise control isn't going to work. Does the horn work? Yes. It, yes, does. it does. Okay, then, we, then we'd have to look to see, does the horn input go through the clock spring, or does it have, it own, does it have its own set of contacts? But my point is, my point is some diagnosis has to be made. All right? Mm-hmm. Now, changing the brake light switch, everybody takes that guess. The question I have is, down at the brake light switch, if you, turn the, if you turn the cruise button on, do you have battery positive at the yellow-red wire for the brake light switch? Yeah, I, uh, I I have a mechanic do it. Uh, okay. I, here's here's the here's the other and here's and here's the last piece of the puzzle, and then I'll let you go. All right. The, this could have a bad PCM. This could have a bad engine controller causing a cruise control fault. So one of the first things the mechanic should be doing is when he has the scan tool hooked up, looking at fault codes. He should be pushing the cruise buttons on and off. Does he get a response on the scan tool? If he gets a response of yes, and then he goes down to the brake light switch and he has no power on the yellow-red wire, and you put a jumper to it, and now the cruise works, believe it or not, you've probably got a bad PCM, and that's where I think this might be headed. Got to do a full code scan, break it down. Are they related, or are they all separate faults, and then start working your way out from there. Call me back if you need more info, Stevie. I'm Ron Annie in the car, Doctor. We are back right after this. Well, this car is automatic. It's systematic. It's hydromatic. Why's it greased lightning? Hey, welcome back. We're on the the car, Doctor. We're winding down this hour. Keep in mind, next hour is the uh, Wix diecast giveaway. 39 Ford Hot Rod, uh, period correct pieces, and uh, just a neat looking model. If you want to add that to your collection, give us a call next hour at 855-560-9900. And uh, Tom Ray and Mikey will... Uh, um, uh, you know, give us the cue and uh, tell us if uh, whatever their, whatever their qualification is. Decision of the judges is final, as I always say. Um, just important stuff. I was reading an article on um, AllData, AllData.com, talking about the different types of material in cooling systems today. And I, I got to tell you, the the folks over at AllData, AllData.com, do an outstanding job. I, I mean, their technical information is great we all know that it's um it's it's become the microfiber of the industry but you know just their commentary about the the this this cooling system article about you know the different types of material being used in cooling systems and why cavitation occurs and what microboiling is and electrolysis and galvanic corrosion and all the things you never think about as a mechanic but are there you can get out and read it at alldata.com if you like hey that about wraps up this hour of the car doctor uh, we're brought to you this segment by the folks over at Ford Ford Professional Service Network yeah keep in mind that the PSN network is a business loyalty program it's something really great if you're a repair shop get out to fordpsn.com for more information till the next Next time, I'm running in the car doctor. The mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. Everyone.